You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast Crossover Edition, uh, as well with Stephen Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. It is Sunday, October 31st. It is 8.35 p.m. Central Time, and we are here to discuss breaking news, Stephen, that Gary Patterson is out as TCU head coach, and he's been with the program for a long time. Head coach of Coach's first game in the year 2000 for TCU, 181 wins. Um, guys got a statue on campus. But uh, your reaction kind of first thing, they already did kind of reaction pod, but uh, your reaction first off to when you heard the news. Yeah, I thought uh, the highlight of my night would be watching Cooper Rush try to struggle through a Sunday night football game. Um, but that is not the case. I mean, I was pretty floored. You know, I've I've been on – uh, your your pod, Josh, either solo or, or in a roundtable form, and I've talked about the last few weeks just that I thought it was time to move on. Um, obviously, I figured it would be at the end of the season, mm-hmm. but you know, from the statement that Athletic Director Jeremiah Donati released, it seems like they gave Coach P that option, and he decided, you know what, I think I'd, I'd like to leave right now. Um, it's it, it's uh, it's shocking but i think it's best for everybody like i i just feel like it was what needed to happen um it kind of stinks that it ends in a messy fashion but you know this is just how it went down big picture wise i think it's a a opportunity for tcu to go swing for the fences and you know kind of prove whether or not they are a a big time power five college football program like they have uh, been at times over the past few decades. Um, obviously, like what Gary did, like he is TCU football. I mean, you can't you can't talk about the program without talking about him and what he built. He won a Rose Bowl. He put them on the map nationally. He put them in the Big Twelve. Um, so it's gonna be really weird to see somebody else on the sidelines. And there's so many different angles to it. But I, I think one interesting part of it too is um, with him leaving like this, even though in that same statement, they said they want him to be a part of the transition. I think this also tells you they're not trying to just like promote somebody from within or necessarily pluck somebody from his coaching tree, even though there are some folks out there that would make sense in that regard. Uh, I think this is a statement that they want to go in a completely different direction, which I'm fully on board with, uh, but it will be very different and, very weird to see that as, you know, a TCU fan whenever that happens. Right. And so there's there's a couple elements here. Number one, the first thing we saw about it tonight was from uh, Newey Scruggs. And, and he had something to tell me, he's a you know, television guy in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the NB, NBC affiliate. He said tonight uh, at 7.17 Eastern time that they're parting ways. And then Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, he picked it up as well. And then we got the statement from TCU Athletics and Jeremiah Donati basically saying that they did offer Gary the opportunity to finish out the year, much like we're seeing right now Ed Orgeron is doing with LSU. 
and they said he outright declined it. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, and Jerry Gill obviously is going to be the interim head coach. To me, a couple things here. Number one, um, you know, I think Gary's kind of the type of guy where it's like, if you're going to do me, you're going to have to yeah. do me. You know, you're yeah. you know, you're going to have to. Mm-hmm. I'm going down. You know, they're not going to make this some, you know, sanctimony. You know, some kind of, you know, this this, this relationship together uh, going to make it happen like this. No, you're going to have to. You're going to have to do it. And um, and they did. They said, you know, all yeah. right, uh, we have no problem, you know, removing you and. And Jerry Kill will take over. You and I have talked about this previously. You and I, you know, actually, before we came on, I realized people were commenting on the episode that you and I did, I think, last week, where we were, you know, I, and I had the header and I said, is Gary Patterson next after Matt Wells? We didn't think it would be this fast, mm-hmm. but it is. And I want to give Gary his flowers in, in a little bit here. But to me, you know, for those of you, talk about the timing and say, Oh, how could you do him on a week between, you know, Kansas state and uh, Baylor, you know, how could you, how could you do that to him? And you made a great point too. It sucks to watch him go out like this. Um, And yes, he should have gotten his chance to go out and they gave him his chance to go out kind of almost a proper way. But the, the the real, the realities are that uh, Texas tech just fired their coach, right? And mm-hmm. they're going to be hot for some of these candidates. We saw today that Jeff Trailer got an extension at um, at, at UTSA, UTSA yeah. which feels like it almost is kind of protecting UTSA more than it's trying to keep Jeff Trailer there, right? I mean, he, he might end up staying, but Jeff Trailer could be a candidate for the for the TCU job now. And uh, we saw, I think Pete Tam uh, Pete Thamel said that that Sunny uh, Sunny Dykes is going to be a candidate for the job and somebody that they're really interested in having. That's what his sources were telling him. So the understanding that I have is that obviously the timing of this, while not ideal, gives them a leg up in the coaching search. Mm-hmm. While once again, you know, two things can be true. One, this can actually be the right time to do it. Like this could have been the right time to pull the trigger. And also it can be sad that Gary's, you know, Gary should have been given the opportunity or at least they extended the olive branch of having that senior day going out last opportunity they're playing Kansas too. You figure it might have been a win, um, and, and he declined that. So both those things can be true. The timing part of it obviously is going to feel weird, right? The timing part of it is going to fe- is going to feel weird. But they kind of had to do it. I feel like with the way that the mm-hmm. coaching landscape is, because there are a lot of jobs that we know for sure are going to be coming up open. By my count, now this is seven uh, seven Division One jobs that we know for sure are going to be open. And they need to make sure that they're it, it's known that they're in the market and they're talking to people and they're trying to find the next coach. Yeah, there's there's a lot you're juggling in the air in college football right now. You have the early signing period coming up. Uh, you have some players like Quentin Johnson and Zach Evans that I think would be attractive in the transfer portal. And I don't know, like I don't have a read on where the team is on this decision right now. But if a new voice in the building is something that would keep some guys around, then that's something you have to consider. Um, and yes, you also have to think about who are we going to get? I mean, Jeff Trailer would be number one on my list. He signed an extension today, as you said. Like, these things move really fast. And, you know, Gary, like, he is. He's the type of dude, if he's getting a divorce, he's not keeping pictures up. Clean and, break. Clean yeah, break. Clean break. It's, okay, you want me gone? 
well, then I'm gone. And that's his personality. That's part of the reason he was a good coach. So this is how. Yeah, on that, on that do you think he's going to help with the, the transition thing? They said he's going to help. Like that to me kind of almost didn't really speak to the kind of person that he is. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, maybe, maybe if he cools down in a few weeks, um, then he could do that. But I, I would also say, if you ask me right now, I think 99% chance he's done, done. Yeah. But if he thinks he can still coach, I mean, there's opportunities out there. Now, he, he also doesn't seem like a dude that would uh, want to be an assistant. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't see that. Happening. Yeah, I don't really see that. But you can make good money being an analyst. I don't know what the next role would be for him. Anyway, um, I, I don't have a, an idea of his of his uh, mind. But no, I don't really see him like stepping in and saying, "I, I want this guy," or how can you know how can we do right, right this to move? What's on? his job? Because I mean, it's been, and that kind of yeah. gets to what I want, like one of the one of the mention, Stephen, is that when did you graduate from TCU? So I graduated in 2015, uh, and they were just coming off a Peach Bowl win over Old Miss. So you graduated in 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, were you a fan previous? Uh, I wasn't like a diehard fan, no. I probably started following the team really closely around 2010, which was when they won the Rose Bowl. And so, so you you're become a fan in 2010. You, that, you you know, if you're becoming a TCU fan, then you're acknowledging that there has been a decade a decade of Gary Patterson. Mm-hmm. And now you've just witnessed firsthand the second decade of Gary Patterson. And in this time he was with them when they were in the whack and they went to CUSA and CUSA when he was there with them, they won 10 plus games twice, then mountain West. And they won 10 plus games. One, two, three, four, five, six times. Yeah. The only time they didn't, they won. They went eight and five. <laughs> then you go and also in that stretch they win the Houston Bowl, Poinsettia Bowl, Texas Bowl, Poinsettia Bowl again, win a Rose Bowl, losing a Fiesta Bowl, um, you know another Poinsettia Bowl. Then in the Big Twelve Conference, won uh, ten plus games on three separate occasions, a win in the Peach Bowl, an Alamo Bowl win, another Alamo Bowl win, a Cheez It Bowl victory. You Heck know, yeah. like yeah, like they he. He carried this program to this point, and this is this hits on something I want to mention because I've heard a whole lot, especially when it comes to Matt Wells, of oh, uh, they just they how they do this to such a good guy, and you know the Gary Patterson thing. Well, he built that thing. Yeah, this isn't about that stuff anymore. Like, yeah. like the whole being a good guy, and also this is your program, and he built it, and he, the the kids love him. Trust you know, trust the trust the guy. It's over. It's about winning and losing. And like, it's the whole thing is, look, these guys are coached, or they're paid millions of dollars to coach a game. All right. It's a game. Mm-hmm. What what matters? Winning and losing. Gary's not winning anymore. And so yeah. while he'll build this thing and he is, he is, he was an excellent coach, a guy who put a ton of players in the NFL, coached him through four separate conferences on his way here, um, deserves flowers for all of those things. But it, it's it's over. It's coming to an end. Like it it should have been over. They had the right to pull the trigger. Anybody and people will defend this. Uh, what what are we doing in college football today? Where a guy like Gary Patterson gets fired? That, Gary Patterson is not Gary Patterson anymore. This isn't 2017 Gary Patterson. They're not going 11 and two. They're they're staring four and eight right in the face. And the last mm-hmm. three seasons have been seven and six, five and seven, six and four, 
and now they're looking at they're looking at four and eight right now potentially. You're, you're totally right. You know, the first time I ever talked with you, I remember you asking me because this it was around the time that things were starting to, um, you know, percolate. go down go downhill, percolate a little bit. They were struggling. I think they were like one and three, and and you said something about like what is the fan base's sort of temperature on Gary and. I feel like it was hard to explain because for years, like following the team, I will tell you if something was going wrong with TCU football, people blame the players. And that's Mm. so rare. Like that's so rare across the nation, everywhere Mm. else teams, bad coach, 100% on the coach. Like, yeah, the players will get some blame too, but coach is the easy thing to change. You get a guy out, you bring somebody else in. And it started to shift this season but I'm still just surprised because e- you're totally right. Even like last week when they lost at home to West Virginia, there were still people that were like, well, he's earned the right to just leave whenever he wants. And mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he did amazing things, like amazing things. Mm-hmm. He didn't give me a kidney. Like I, you know, <laughs> this, this is a transactional relationship <laughs> to a certain extent. Yeah. I love the dude, but I love the dude because he won games. And he also seems like a good guy and cares about his players and loves them to death. And that's a fantastic quality, but he can't like, you can't let him hold the mm-hmm. university hostage. Right. Exactly. Just because of what he did. And I mean, it was this season, it was like every other week I was talking about, okay, is SMU like, that's the low point of the Gary Patterson era. No losing to West Virginia at home. That's the low point of the Gary Patterson era. No, losing to Kansas State 31-12 to and yeah. just looking like a team that completely laid down, that's low point. So that had to stop. And um, is it disappointing? Is it sad that he didn't that he didn't get the movie ending where he wins the big game and everybody carries him off on their shoulders and, you know, he goes to the press conference and just reminisces about what an amazing – Time he had, yeah, that's that is disappointing. But that's but not that's, how these things end. It's not, you know, B- Bobby Bowden, Lloyd Carr. We can, we could do a whole podcast on, you know, Coach guys, o. Coach O, guys <laughs> that guy, did great yeah. things. That it 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 just it doesn't end gracefully. And he everything he did is there. His legacy cemented, but you also have to factor in what's going on. And there's there's still a section of the fan base that is like, well, be careful what you wish for. To which my like my response is, I no, I didn't follow the team in the seventies and eighties when they were just so so bad, and even like the early nineties. But man, like it can't go much further down than than four and eight. Like that's right. That's, that's well, the, and this, this, the, the floor of the programs improved so much. Yes, yes. And that's once again credit to Gary, but like also he found the ceiling, and the problem is. At this point, like TC is not close to pushing that ceiling. I and mean, we mm-hmm. talked about this group at the beginning of the year, and talent wise, they are roughly a top 25. I mean, roughly, they're a top 25 group. And also, they had an offense that took all the records and steps, right? They, you know, they got better. They, they got better in a lot of the areas that we asked them to. They could run the football, could throw the football this year. And then what didn't hold up their end of the bargain? Their defense, mm-hmm. his calling card wasn't holding up their end of the deal. And so you get to that point where it's like, that's that's where I think people are missing the point on the whole. It's his program. He built it. He's earned the right to to walk out whenever he wants. Um, you know, I, I knew the program when it was much worse. 
like I get that, but you kind of you people can't really see the forest, the trees here. The the, the problem is that you're you're not hitting the level anywhere close to Gary Set, and also he improved your floor so much. Now, and the problem is four and eight's below the floor. Yeah. It's way below the floor. It's it's not it's not acceptable, and you know that's why to me it was the right thing. And look to your point of these things don't end well. Um, you know that we were just talking about. Like I made the fighter analogy in the last couple weeks. And I feel like it's very apt because Gary Patterson kept telling us, I'm the guy to turn it around, right? I'm going to do it. But the, the signs weren't there. We all should have seen them. And uh, fighters like have really bad knockout losses. You're like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to keep seeing this anymore. Uh, West Virginia, <laughs> Kansas State, you're two bad KO losses there for you. All right? Yeah. And so this, this was, you know, this was um, – to make a fighter analogy, this was the UFC cutting a fighter and saying, "Thanks, <laughs> you know, you're a former champion. We don't need you anymore. We, we don't. We're not really in the. We're not in the Gary Patterson business anymore. Um, you know, that's like I think it's pretty apt. I think it's pretty fair. Like, and that's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to be at this point. You, like, I don't think people need to be. This is a, this is such a shame. He's gone. That they get rid of an icon like this. Like, it's okay that Gary got canned. Like." We, we should appreciate all the stuff he did, did before, but also while realizing he's nowhere near that guy, that coach anymore. He had the good, he had the talent to do it. They just weren't performing. So maybe it is the right time while you can still access that talent. You still have a wealth of resources at TCU and they have the opportunity to get, a, a, I think a really good coach. And I saw, I forget who it was, Dennis Dodd or, or Pete Thamel also said, this is viewed as like a top 20 job. It's mm-hmm. viewed as a top, which to me, I, you know, I think it's in that 20 to probably 35 range somewhere in there. It's upper echelon right there. But, like, top 20 job, damn. I mean, that's that's good. And that's credit to Gary. But, like, if he keeps driving it lower, you know, your, your market might change. So I think this was the right time. I think so, too. And, you know, another factor of this is he just never showed signs that he was going to innovate. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the staff, it didn't change. Like, he – to solve the offense, he brought on Jerry Kill. To solve the offense, he brought on Doug Meacham, who did great things for them back in 2014. But Doug went to Can- – like, all due respect, he went to Kansas and he got fired by Kansas. And, <laughs> I mean, and then he came back. Like, that's a that's a rough hit to the resume. Um, he uh, – Dick Bumpus, their defense coordinator for a long time, he retired and, and Gary never replaced him. And it became pretty obvious that this season that him being the sole dude on the defense, that just didn't work anymore. And I also don't think Josh – like – I don't think he wanted to be the guy that coached in the era of name, image, and likeness and was somebody who wanted to be on the forefront of that. And that's fine, but you have to be now. Like, that's that's part of the job. Right. You can you can shake your fist at the cloud all you want, but that's part of the reason why you get paid now is to find a way to market your players, which is something that they never really did. They never had to do. And, and I think the recruiting – thing is is fascinating too because they have gotten more talent lately and the way like the except way for the he, last two classes except for the last two classes which exactly. is a problem another problem and i also wonder if part of that like subconsciously or consciously the way he built this thing was by finding players that other teams didn't want or that mm. overlooked he he a lot of his defensive guys were like played offense in high school played like quarterback wide receiver right. And he would coach them up, develop them, and then by the time they were juniors and seniors, they would be on the field and they would understand what they were doing. But that's not how, like, that's not how it works anymore. You have all these early enrollees, you have all these talented guys that are ready to play right away, 
And I'm not sure if his message of listen to me, I'm the voice, I'm the guy, it's us against the world. If you do everything that I say the right way, we'll win. Like, I just don't think that's how 18 to 22 year olds want to be coached anymore. And, right. and I mean, there's, I know there's people that don't like that, but well, you cannot like that. And, but you still, and there's evidence like that. I mean, yeah. Place like Virginia tech, right. Mm-hmm. Virginia tech, uh, you know, for a long time under Frank Beamer and, and those things begin to change Wisconsin. You're seeing it too. Like, it's a place where they're used to having you new know, 10 win seasons and uh, they still get kind of those guys, but like, it, it, it's a lot more difficult to just get guys and, and they stay three or four years and they trust the coach and their trust is going to get developed and, and they're fine playing behind guys. And they think, all right, I see that guy ahead of me. That That's the plan for me. I'm going to get there. You know, that's, it's not how things work anymore. And I don't know if Gary wants to stop coaching or not. Like you mentioned, um, I know there's a desk job for him on television. We always talk about how he's, you know, the wacky uncle, whatever. Yeah. I think Gary could do really well on TV. I think they'll, somebody's going to pay him a boatload of cash to sit on a panel every Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever night of the week, college football live, college football now, um, whatever the Big 12 does in the future for television contracts. I'm 100% sure there is a seat there for one, you know, for an all time winning coach who is still in his early 60s, who has a wealth of knowledge about the game, who's a little charismatic, you know. I think that might be the perfect route for him to go. We'll see. But like, I, I just think that this is, this is, it's, it's okay. It's happening now. Mm-hmm. It's it, all the signs are pointing for it to happen now, which leads us to the next part of this. And once again, this is not us piling on Gary. It's just, uh, no, just it's acknowledging just, yeah. it's the right time. It it's was the, the situation. Right time. Yeah. Yeah. It was the right, right time. time. Yeah. So this, this moves. That's the next part of the conversation, the delicious part, the fun part, <laughs> the sumptuous part. Everybody wants to talk about it. who, who is next. So the number one name we talked about earlier, Sonny Dykes. Obviously, I did suffer their first loss, but he has got some Texas roots. There could be a bidding war here, which is nice. I bet he's he's rubbing his hands and saying, "Ooh, let you know, let's get on the phone with Texas Tech. Let's get the phone with TCU. Let's see who wants to give up, give up what." <laughs> um, I think there's an option. Obviously, uh, I think you know Jeff Trailer obviously is going to be another guy who is going to be looked at. Um, I don't know. They could probably Dave Rand. I'm trying to get Dave Rand jobs elsewhere. I already, I already tweeted. I did this with Iowa State. I, Iowa State take me for this. I did this with Matt Campbell. They were like, "Stop, stop, stop!" But uh, <laughs> I said yesterday, I said Dave Rand. They'd be LSU be dumb if they didn't call Dave Rand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he would leave that soon though. But like, there, there are options. What are you hearing? What kind of guys? Do you, actually, you know who'd be great? I'm not sure they could pry him away. Mark Stoops. Yeah, in Kentucky, yeah. I don't know if he's not – I'm not sure if he's got any Texas ties at all, but, you know, he's just – well, actually, no, yes, he does. Stoops. He knows the area. He knows, mm-hmm. he he knows people. Some, he's got some – yeah, relative people. Um, So I, I think there's a couple options right there that might be good. What, what are you hearing? What do you think? So Sonny Dykes appears to be the front runner right now, uh, which I think also gives you an indication that Gary probably won't be involved because he and Gary are not on the best of terms at the moment <laughs> after – after the SMU situation, <laughs> after the fictional hit on, on Jerry Kill, yeah, after SMU player, after Helmet Gate, Flaggate, all that, <laughs> um, and I think I think he would make sense. My questions about Sonny would be, uh, who from that staff is coming with him? You know, he's got Rashad Samples. It's a really good coach. His dad, Reginald Garrett Samples, uh, yeah, Garrett Riley. 
Like he's got a good staff that understands uh, the new generation that's recruiting well. It's established some excitement around Dallas. Um, and if all those guys come, then I'm pretty interested. I think you have to call Jeff Trailer and see what's up, even though he just signed the extension. Uh, a name that does not excite me at all, but I think he's going to get an interview. And this is assuming that he won't be coaching uh, the team that you're wearing a t-shirt for right now. Is yeah, Justin, that, Justin Fuente would be a Justin Fuente because he he coached, you yes. know, at there he was the OC uh, during the Rose Bowl years. I, I, I thought about bringing that up or not. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bring that up. That would not be, I don't, I don't want that to happen for TCU. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it'd be a good fit at all. Yeah, I don't either. But I mean, he's, you know, he's got those ties. And then the two names that I, I don't have like insight to it, but I just think it kind of makes sense given who they are. And Stoops is a good one. I hadn't really thought about him, but uh, Jeff Halfley at Boston college. And then Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. Uh, and I think both of those guys will have some options in this coaching cycle, uh, but they're two that have done um, things at schools with less resources than, you know, obviously Coastal Carolina, way less resources, but at BC, less resources than their conference counterparts and have had success. So that's that's kind of the four names that come to mind immediately uh, for me. Can I offer you a Jeff Levy from, from Ole Miss? Maybe that's a good one, right? Texas yeah, guy. Yeah, Texas guy. Offensive mind. Offensive dude. Um, I, I think he would be a good fit as well. You know, you need, you need somebody, you, you got to pick an identity. Like you either have to be. That's a, that's a problem. And, and sorry to cut you off. That's been the other problem with TCU, right? It's like yeah. the last couple of years, they really have not had an identity. Mm-hmm. They haven't. They've, they've tried to still be the hard nosed defensive team that grinds people out. And that's kind of come to a screeching halt. So either, you either got to go with the exciting, innovative offensive group or, you know, we'll lean into what we what our foundation was, which was, you know, being physical and, and hard nosed, and then also having playmakers on the outside. And I'm, I'm on ESPN right now, and I'm, I'm looking at this. This says Patterson out immediately after 20 years at TCU. It makes it sound like they didn't give him the option. I mean, at least according to TCU, they gave him the option to it. I hope that gets pitched. They did. Because, yeah. yeah, you know, it's, that, I think that's important to note. Um, yeah, there are plenty of. I mean, this is going to be a desired job, right? Like this is a job. That if you're looking out there, if you're not a guy who's a candidate for LSU, if you're not a guy who's a candidate for USC, this would be one of the jobs that I'm looking at. And I think the Jamie Chadwell one's an interesting one because by all indications, he's very much players coach, right? That's, and that, mm-hmm. that would be a bit of a, 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 a bit of a change. It'd be a very big change, obviously, at TC. And I look, not saying players don't love Gary, but Gary, obviously, you know, not the he's he's a different. I mean, he was an old school, right? Not a cuttlefish, right? You're not, not a guy, you know, yes. Not a guy he's, yes. You know, he was, see. he wasn't getting the guys together to talk about, you know, their right. input in the program. <laughs> hey guys, how do you think we should run practice? That was not happening. Yeah, that was not happening. Uh, there, yeah, I'm just trying to think as anybody else, uh, you know, uh, kind of off the top of my head, but I, I think, yeah, you know, if they wanted to go offensive, there are definitely some options. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I don't want to diss Texas Tech here. I, uh, I think a lot of Tech grads, uh, fans, whatever, would agree with this too. I think TCU is a more attractive job than Texas Tech. I think they will pony up um, the same way. No, this is not a Sunny Dykes pun right there. <laughs> um, did not make Sunny Dykes one. 
I think that's where it starts, though, right? Like, I think we're kind of on the same page that it's going to start, not end with Sunny. Well, not end with Sunny Dykes, but I think it's going to start with Sunny Dykes. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Guy who is pulling transfers from mm-hmm. Big Twelve schools, yep. who is right across the street, the the city street, if you will, um, with SMU, who is in his early fifties, who's got pedigree in the state of Texas. Like you mentioned, he's got a nice staff as well. He knows how to recruit. I, I think that's where it kind of starts. I think he's a, a rational choice that if you're not going to get some heavy, some real heavy hitter, like Sonny would be somebody who could excite the fan base would make sense. Uh, the one thing about him that will be kind of curious to track, like his dad, Spike, obviously coached at Texas Tech. He has – I don't know how sentimental he is about that, but that is right. a factor. But, yeah, he I played think baseball most, there too, I think. He did, yeah. I think in most cases um, TCU is a more attractive job and has proven that they're willing to, you know, invest in facilities and in that program. Um, and Texas Tech, just since Leach left, hasn't been able to find their footing really at all. And I, one thing I mentioned too is if you could go to the same conference in the same state – why would you go like hours out west when you could just take a job that's going to give you like a you know yeah. give you the resources? It's got a mm-hmm. lot of money, you know, relatively close to where you are, and it's also in a major you know it's a major multiple city place. So that'd be what I'd say. All right, Stephen, I'm sure gonna have a ton of coverage on this as the week goes on. So plug your podcast, uh, your Twitter's there, but plug everything so people know where to find you. At Locked On Horn Frogs is the pod. You can find the show Twitter at Locked On TCU. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have anything and everything this week. Um, they're playing Baylor, but we've got more important things to talk about. So <laughs> we're in, we're in coach. I didn't, I didn't know if I would and when I would ever have a, a football coaching search going on as host of this podcast. So I'm excited, Josh. This will be fun. It's the first time they've had one in the 21st century. Yes, it is. Wild. It's pretty wild. And last time they just promoted Gary from DC. So this <laughs> right. is right. I mean, this is a, a honest to God coaching search. It's honest to God coaching search. It is. All right, Steve, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks, Josh.